Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another episode of Bad Language. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, and I'm so glad to be here to hang out with you, even though it's the off-season. But hey, there's no off-season when talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It's where you find all your Pittsburgh Steeler needs. This morning, you got a chance to check out another episode of Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman. We had a great new show. Actually, not a new show. Just a repackaged show. When I say repackaged, nothing changed but the name, really. It's the off-season for We Run the North, and We Run the North is now going to be called, for the off-season only, The Homies, starring Kevin Tate, Brandon Harriet. He's B-Dirt. He's a Bengals fan, so right now, that's going to be a big discussion of our show. Pace Saunders is in there. Sean Gurley, the is in there as well he is known as big g so it is fantastic to listen to those guys they call it barbershop type football conversation and i absolutely love it i think it is great make sure you check that out we have great stuff coming up another cutting room floor with jeffrey benedict is on its way tomorrow as well as the fix with andrew wilbar and jeremy betts and I'm telling you, you have got to check this one out. And the reason you do, don't know if you got a chance to check out every week on Monday on the website, BTSC editor Dave Schofield, he throws out a little something called Mock Draft Monday, and they highlight a guy that's very prevalent in the mock drafts for the Pittsburgh Steelers at number 17. And this is a big one this week for us because... This gentleman from Ohio State, a big offensive lineman, he is featured on The Fix. Yes, a feature interview 
with this gentleman. It's going to be absolutely great. Check it out. It's offensive, offensive tackle Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State. The Buckeye, who is being looked at as a possibility for the Pittsburgh Steelers because of his size and athleticism. Well, he is going to be talking to Andrew and Jeremy, and they have other guys that they are going to be looking at as well. There is That's not the only interview that they're having. They're also having an interview with a gentleman from Oklahoma. He's a running back named Eric Gray. So make sure you check all of that out, man. I can't wait to listen to it, and I'm going to be checking that out actually right after this show because as the podcast producer, I get a little bit of a sneak peek, so we'll be checking that all out. Also, another episode of The Hangover, Shannon White, Tony Defio, myself, we will be there as well talking about coping with the Steelers, not being in the postseason. That's what this show is about today. The reason that's what we're going to be talking about today is simple. Man, I watched a lot of football this weekend. If you notice my voice is a little weird, yeah, I got hit with the COVID. I'm on the tail end of it, but the only good thing about having COVID is you're basically on your couch all weekend long. You're quarantined. You've got a lot of football to watch, and I did. I watched a whole heck of a lot of football, and it was great for me. I I enjoyed it until I realized that Something was missing. And that big something that was missing is simple. It's Mike Tomlin. It's anybody wearing black and gold. It's hope. It's knowing that the whole thing is over. That really stinks. And, you know, that kind of set in as well. And I realized that as we as we continue to watch those games over the weekend. Was it good football? Yeah. Yeah, there was some good football games there. I mean, I was watching the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills, and the whole time I was thinking, wow, Miami has so many chances in this game. And a lot of those chances, of course, Miami's defense caused, but Buffalo was not up to par. And you can't really say that it's because of the DeMar Hamlin situation. Maybe because it was void in the defensive backfield, but really, they have more inspiration from DeMar now than they did uncertainty the week before now when they came out not looking that great against the New England Patriots. I mean, they came out of the gate with that kick return, but when they came out, you could see that there was a lot weighing on them. But that was different this week. The team just was not playing up to par. And it kind of makes you wonder when you watch the other teams, like the Cincinnati Bengals, like the Kansas City Chiefs who did not play, how good Buffalo is going to be in these playoffs. So it's really interesting stuff. But I was watching the whole time thinking, man, I wish the Steelers were in this game. Man, Kenny Pickett would have completed that pass instead of Skylar Thompson. Man, this Jalen Waddle's dropping a lot of balls. There were so many opportunities for the Miami Dolphins to win that game. They couldn't. I watched it just with a bad taste in my mouth. And the reason for the bad taste, besides the COVID medicine, <laughs> was 
this. It was the fact that the Steelers weren't in it. Now, I know that the Steelers didn't get jobbed. My son, who is starting to learn about football, you know, was talking about how the Miami Dolphins screwed the Steelers and the Jets screwed the Steelers. Now, the Steelers, first half of the 2022 season, screwed the Steelers. That's what happened. And maybe if they had another week, yeah, they would have been better. They would have been in that game. There's a possibility that they come in like a lot of number seven seeds and just get completely destroyed. Yeah, that could have happened too. But watching that game, you're thinking, man, they could have done something. And check out a great article on the website by Jeff Hartman that explains this whole phenomenon on whether the Steelers could have done some damage in the playoffs. And I actually think they could have. I really actually think that it was possible. Now, I want to make sure that my comments about the Buffalo Bills and the tragic DeMar Hamlin situation, which he is doing better, he is home. He wasn't with the team, but he gave them an inspirational message. I'm not saying that, that uh, I'm just not making excuses for the Buffalo Bills, saying that that's the excuse that they're making. And they're not. They won the game. They played a tough divisional team. And when you play a tough divisional team, it's going to be, you're going to be tighter because you know each other so well. I'm just thinking, even though the Steelers were not in that division, that the second time around, after just getting destroyed in week five, the Steelers put up a much bigger fight. And when that score ends 34-31 in favor of the Bills over the Dolphins, that means that there's that possibility that a huge upset happens. And we're talking about Pittsburgh Steelers football this week. But it was not to be. We look forward to 2023 with the Steelers, and we get excited. And that's what a lot of the shows are going to be talking about. And that's what we will be too as well. But I'm talking about Super Wild Card Weekend. I think that's just a silly name. It's Wild Card Weekend. I don't care that there's an extra game. Even though the Steelers have benefited from being a number seven seed, even though they got clocked when they were, I don't love the seven seed. I really don't. I just think it's an extra lamb to the slaughter. It's an extra team that gets in there, but one of these days, one of those teams will make it. But when you grow up watching football with only five teams in each conference making the playoffs, it took a long time for one of those five seeds to win the Super Bowl. Long, long time. Took a long time for one of those six seeds, like about 15 years to win the Super Bowl, and it was the Pittsburgh Steelers. It just takes a while. I mean, really, that last one in the party, usually the first one to leave. And I absolutely get that. But here's my major conflict. I'm watching other games, watching the Chargers lose to the Jaguars. I knew the Chargers were going to lose to the Jaguars. But I backtracked on, off of that when it was 27-0. Never thought that comeback was going to happen. So I'm here bad. You were wrong on that one. You had no clue. And then here you were right. But I would have never guessed that. So no pats on the back for bad. It just was uh, 
it was one of those calls that I didn't expect it to turn out that way, even though I thought the Jaguars were going to win because I think they're a good team. Do I think that they're going to win in Kansas City? No, I don't. But there's a big part of me thinking that this is going to be my favorite game of the weekend because this is a team that knows how to play and could do some damage. And Trevor Lawrence has arrived. So I want you to remember that. Because I read a comment about Kenny Pickett today. There was a tweet put out. Besides quarterback, who do you feel that the Steelers would not be taking position-wise in the first round? And somebody said, wait a second. No offense to Pickett, but he might not be the one. And cited all these different things. You got to have patience with these young quarterbacks. And Trevor Lawrence is, he's the reason you got to have patience. Joe Burrow's the reason you got to have patience. You need to go through that rookie year. Joe Burrow got hurt at the end of the rookie year. But Joe Burrow was not the Joe Burrow he was in a second year. So all I'm saying to that is, man, these quarterbacks need some time to develop. And we've seen a lot of development from Kenny Pickett in just over the course from week four to week 18. We've seen a whole heck of a lot of it. But I'm watching that game and I'm watching the NFC games and Seattle made it interesting for just a little bit. San Francisco's the real deal, y'all. Really, they are. Right now, they're my pick to win the whole thing. That's this week. I'm not like the other guys at BTSC. I'm not making the the all NFL picks this year. I, I stayed away from it. Just because I I didn't want to wait till the end of the week and have to just uh, rush some picks. So that game, yeah. There you had it. I mean, entertaining enough. I hate the New York Giants. Mostly because my wife's nephew is a huge Giants fan and he's annoying about it. But I just don't like the Giants, even though the Giants gave me some a lot of a lot of gladness beating the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl. So I'm thankful for them, but I just had a hard time rooting for them yesterday. The Vikings tick me off more than anything because the Vikings Vikings remind me a lot of the Steelers. They have all the tools and they just can't get it done. And again, they didn't. Tonight, Buccaneers, Cowboys. Really, I I could care less about that one. I get winning the division and you have to do that. You have to have something for winning the division. But man, I wish they would seed the teams by record. I really do. We saw that happen. If you got a chance to check out my BTSC DeLorean on the website. That was very true when the Steelers lost to Tim Tebow at the end of the 2011 season. This was a 12-4 and four team going up against an 8-8 eight and eight team. They got Tebowed, and a lot of it was having to play in Denver in that game. Not saying that they wouldn't have lost in Pittsburgh, but it makes a big difference. But here's where my confusion is. Here's where I had the biggest problem. My son yelled at me when I said that I was probably going to root for the Baltimore Ravens. 
Not because I live in Maryland. Actually, that makes me hate Baltimore even more. Jeff Hartman, Dave Schofield, and I, we talk about that. Living in Maryland, in a Raven state, it's tough. Steelers have a lot of juice in this state, though. They really do. And a lot of that has, has to do with the Colts leaving and, and the proximity to Pittsburgh. But my son was like, Dad, you can't do that. It's okay to hate the Cincinnati Bengals. But you've got to hate the Ravens even more. And I'm not even like that anymore. I get weird feelings when I watch Cincinnati. And I don't hate Joe Burrow because I think he's great. The cockiness of that team and the cockiness of the fan base and watching them. Man, I I don't want them to win a Super Bowl. If I had to pick between the Ravens and the Bengals winning a Super Bowl, it would be the Ravens. Ravens are gone. Ravens on the one-inch line, and they blow that game. It just made me sick. Absolutely made me sick. If Lamar is playing in that game because I'm just not a big Lamar fan, I like Tyler Huntley a whole lot more. Lamar is a better player. But I just would have... I don't know who I would have rooted for. Maybe the fact they were at home. Maybe the fact that Zach Taylor goes to a bar and gives a game ball to the bar. Shut up, Zach Taylor. That's just stupid. I know Mike Tomlin talks about how important the Steeler fans are. But Cincinnati, you have the some of the most unknowledgeable fans of all time. Terrible fans. Now, I just talked about how much I love B-Dirt from the homies. He's a good Steelers fan. Excuse me, he's a good Bengals fan living in Steelers territory. But for the most part, man, not a lot of Bengals fans do I have respect for, especially from the Vontez perfect years. It's just tough for me. Who day? Shut up. Uh, really. So it was conflicting. As soon as the game was over, I turned it off and I'm like, okay, well, that's just the world we're living in. This is just a playoff world without the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this is what you've got to deal with. But the problem is Steelers did that to themselves. Steelers are out of it because of decisions and poor play in the first half of the season. And it was too little too late. Seven and two was too little too late. And I'm hoping that they don't make a mistake by retaining some of the people that were very egregious in that terrible two and six start. But I digress. That's why I was so confused during the playoffs this weekend. I hope more is right with the world this weekend as I try to enjoy football. That's the first half of Bad Language. We're going to be back after this with a message from a sponsor. Stick around as we have a little return here. A smaller return of Tales from 2 a.m. by popular demand. We're going to be telling a story based on things that happened this weekend in history. We'll be right back.
Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we are back here on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I'm Brian Anthony Davis. This is Bad Language, and we're coming from you. Not, I'm not coming from you at all. Not coming for you at all. Coming to you from the number 17 pick, from outside of the playoffs. That's where it is. And we're going to be talking about a lot of cool stuff coming up. So make sure that you don't go away just because the Steelers aren't in the postseason. And I'm not going away. I'm going to be here. Jeff, Dave, Jeffrey, the whole gang, we are going to be here. So make sure you stick around for all of that. But let's talk about this. It's time for us to bring back something I used to do when I first started on the podcast side. Something called Tales from 2 a.m. And me being Mr. 2 a.m., it's a name that if you're new to the podcast side that you probably are really confused and you'll get it. I, I have a lot of uh, you know, crazy stories and fun stories off of the playing field, but more that highlight my fandom and my experiences over the years. And I want to talk about it as we go back in time to some great moments in Pittsburgh Steelers history that happened this weekend. The first one, I just learned this, and I have no recollection of this Super Bowl. But on January 12th, which was last week, the Pittsburgh Steelers celebrated the anniversary of winning their first Super Bowl, which was Super Bowl nine in New Orleans, Louisiana, 16 to six over the Minnesota Vikings. And yeah, I wasn't there. My dad has recollections of it and bad dad. His father was absent. He was not around. He was that guy that uh, took off. He'd come back here and there with a smile, whole lot of stories and then take off again. So I really didn't know the man that, uh, Produced my father. Notice I'm not calling him my grandfather. Still hurts. Doesn't hurt me. It hurts my dad. But my dad's done really well with it. And my dad was that guy that decided that he wasn't going to be the father that he had. So, but an interesting story. He was telling me this just recently. I did not know that my grandfather, well, there, I guess I did say it. I did not know that Mr. Davis went to Super Bowl nine back in 1974 and was able to witness that. And my parents, I, this is well-documented with my Terry Bradshaw stories. My parents went in 1980 to Super Bowl 14 and saw the Steelers beat the Los Angeles Rams. I've never been to a Super Bowl. And even if I've been to a Super Bowl, I haven't been to one that the Steelers won. I think that's the ultimate thing. <clears throat> I had an opportunity back in 2011 to go. I would have seen a Steelers loss to Green Bay. But I didn't have any money at the time. My friends went and 
offered me a chance to go and find a ticket when I was down there. So didn't get a chance to do that. One of these days, that's the biggest thing on the bad Steelers bucket list, attend a Super Bowl and watch them win it. And I'm hoping to, but really interesting to know that uh, the two generations before me have gone to a Super Bowl. And I don't want it to be just me. I want it to be my kids going to a Steelers Super Bowl and watching them win and it keep going. So I've got to keep that alive. And that's something I really got to do. But that was such an amazing week for the Steelers. They were in it for the first time. The uh, Raiders and Dolphins thought they should have been in it. Steelers came along. They said, not so fast, my friends. Then you've got the story of Dwight White, Mad Dog White. Lost 20 pounds this week. He had a flu. Got out of the hospital on Sunday morning, the day of the Super Bowl, to play in the rain-infested Tulane Stadium. Yeah, it was raining like crazy. The Superdome wasn't ready yet, so they were playing there. It was an ugly day, but the Pittsburgh Steelers made it beautiful by winning. And Mad Dog produced the very first points when he got credit for the sack. Even though they weren't really calling them sack stats at the time. But he got the safety. He got credit for the safety when Fran Tarkenton fell over because of his bull rush in the end zone. Franco Harris... Man, I'm still not over that. He had 156 yards on the day. He was the Super Bowl MVP. He carried them. And Bradshaw did what he had to do. A lot of people talk about how terrible Ben Roethlisberger was in his first Super Bowl. Bradshaw wasn't great. But both quarterbacks got it done. They don't win without those guys in those games. They don't. Remember that. When you always want to always want to put shade on guys, and I don't understand why. In this situation, both of those guys were Super Bowl champions in their first games, despite not playing the way we want them to play. Still got the W. Then there's the other anniversary this weekend, and this one I know all too well. So this is a Tales from 2 a.m. that I've talked about before. I was living by myself in Frostburg, Maryland. I had a little apartment. I had just started dating Jenny, who's now my wife. And we had a thing. I would go, I would drive about an hour the weekend before, before every playoff game. And I would spend the weekend with her. And I would drive home and watch the game on my couch by myself. It was my stupid superstition. Wear the same jersey every single week and a white number 82 Antoine Randall L jersey. And I had this beautiful little lady that lived next door. She was 75 years old. Her name was Joanne. Her son w- was a, uh, a, a coach in the area and a principal at a local school in the area. Her husband, who had died the year before, and I never had a chance to meet him. Right after I moved in, he he passed away, but he, he never lived there while I did. 
he was a legendary coach for 30, 40 years in the area. And this woman knew football. She was a Raiders fan. But she had a lot of family that were Steeler fans. And she loved to watch football. And so I would have dinner with her a lot. And I even took her to a couple West Virginia Mountaineer football games. And my friends at the time were like, here comes bad with his sugar mama. (laughs) All it was was two people almost 50 years apart. Well, I would say probably about ah, 45 years apart that just liked football and liked spending time together. And that's all it was. And so the Steelers beat Cincinnati the week before. And the next week, my friend Joanne said to me, hey, do you want to watch the game with me? I'm like, I'm sorry. I need to watch the game by myself because of superstition. She goes, I understand that. You don't, you do not mess with superstition. So watching the game, I would go over on commercials and say hello to her. And we'd talk about the game and then I'd run back. And I remember I even made a pot of chili. I took her over some food during this Colt Steelers game. And then the Steelers sack Peyton Manning. I thought it was a safety. It wasn't. Right there. And there's only a couple minutes left. It seems like it's over. So there's a knock on my door. And I say, hey, Joanne, come on in. And she goes, I know I'm not supposed to be over here. I'm like, no, I. that's fine. And so I had a chair in the corner. And she sat down. And as soon as her behind touched the cushion, Jerome Bettis fumbles. And Nick Harper, who had a domestic dispute the night before, and got stabbed in the leg by his wife with a kitchen knife, takes off with the ball and runs. No one has ever disclosed, Nick Harper has not disclosed, how much that slowed him down. We, we're never going to know. But I know it made it possible. In my own head, I know it made it possible for Ben Roethlisberger to be able to track him down with what is known in Steeler lore as the immaculate tackle or just the tackle. And my friend Joanne, this sweet little, I mean, I'm, I don't even think she, I think she was barely five feet tall. Everybody's grandma, you know? And I look at her and I, she looks at me and I am just in absolute shock. She goes, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I say, Joanne, you know, I love you, but you have to leave right now. (laughs) And she said, I know, I know. And she got up and left. Then the next watching the pain is Mike Vanderjet lines up to go ahead and kick that field goal to tie it up. And watching Peyton Manning and Pro Bowl receivers like Reggie Wayne get stopped by Bryant McFadden twice in a row. Watching that, I'll never forget those games. And that's 
one of the games that made my fandom what it was. And the Steelers won, and I was jubilant. But there was a part of me that felt like the biggest jerk in the world. And I, I kind of was. I had nothing to do with the Steelers winning that game. It was the heart of the men on the field that did. So I got up. I knocked on the door and I said, Joanne, I'm so sorry. And she said, Brian, you don't mess with superstition. I'm sorry I came over. No, you're welcome at my house anytime. The next two games, we stayed separately, but we celebrated afterwards. And it was just a wonderful relationship. I got married. She came to my wedding. And then not too far after that, maybe about three years after that, she passed away. And I was living an hour away at this time, and it took me a while to know. And it broke my heart. And I remember this game. And I remember how awesome I felt. And I remember... As great as I felt, I could have felt even much better if I would have just shared that last couple minutes with my friend. Even though she said you don't mess with superstition, it's okay too. Who am I to think that I'm controlling the fortunes of the Pittsburgh Steelers? That's it. That's been Tales from 2 a.m a feature that we're going to have every once in a while here on bad language in the off season. Just want you to think about that story. When you have friends and you have family, put those preconceived notions on what you think is what you have to do and realized you do what is the right thing to do. There you have it. The Steelers are still out of the playoffs. But we do have those memories, and that is the great thing about football. And I think that's what we miss the most when the Steelers are not in the playoffs. That's why we're confused watching these games. Because it's stories like 1975 and 2005-2006. Those stories are why we watch these games and why we buy the jerseys and why we care so much who the offensive coordinator is. It's those stories. That's why you bleed black and gold. Or that's at least why I do. This has been Bad Language. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. And as always, I thank you for being here. Can't do these shows without you. But I ain't apologizing for nothing. <laughs>